Health Canada suggested that governments should ban smoking in private homes and to completely phase out selling tobacco at a World Health Organization conference. Protesters gathered in Victoria last week, where a documentary film about BC Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry had its world premiere. An association of energy contractors is blasting NDP MP Charlie Angus's latest bill which seeks to outlaw the promotion of Canadian oil and gas. Hello Canada, it's Monday, February 12th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Ban on smoking in private spaces and a phase-out of tobacco sales are among the measures Health Canada planned to offer up at the World Health Organization's annual Tobacco Control Conference this week. Health Canada tobacco control officials said these are within the scope of the global treaty governing tobacco restrictions and should be presented to countries as they decide what policies to entertain. Laura Smith, the Director of Tobacco and Vaping Policy in Health Canada's Tobacco Control Directorate, delivered a presentation on forward-looking tobacco control measures at a November webinar hosted by Europe's Joint Action on Tobacco Control Initiative. The session was a look ahead to the World Health Organization's annual conference of the parties to the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. The conference, called COP10, is taking place in Panama. The Framework Convention on Tobacco Control was signed in 2003 to protect present and future generations from devastating health, social, environmental, and economic consequences of tobacco consumption and exposure to tobacco smoke. The convention sets out universal standards for limiting tobacco, but as Smith noted in her presentation, countries are encouraged to implement measures beyond those required by the convention and its protocols and impose stricter requirements that are consistent with the agreement. One example provided by Smith was, quote, smoke-free private spaces to regulate or ban smoking in private places. Smoke-free private spaces involve the regulation of smoking in private places such as homes, vehicles, multi-unit housing, government-subsidized housing, balconies, patios, and yards belonging to housing complexes, said Smith. These policies have not been publicly proposed by the Canadian government. So just a first glance at this policy, and it's really outrageous and totally bizarre. I don't even know how the federal government could regulate smoking indoors in private homes and spaces. I mean, we're talking about wading into the private decisions of almost 4 million Canadians who smoke. And the other thing is that the federal government, the Liberals, have taken on a policy to decriminalize hard drugs. They've encouraged so-called safe supply of drugs, yet they're cracking down even further on tobacco. And, And we also see this here in British Columbia, where the provincial government has decided to crack down on nicotine pouches and limit those uh, sales to pharmacies. So now anybody who wants to have an alternative to traditional tobacco products has to go to a pharmacy to request that. Meanwhile, they're allowing people to access fentanyl provided by the government. 
So, Lindsay, isn't it a little bit hypocritical that the government would go so hard against the tobacco industry, meanwhile it's dipping its fingers in the distribution of hard drugs? This article reminded me that smoking exists because you don't see a lot of smoking when you're out and about, or at least I don't. I think the only time I've really seen people smoking is in the restaurant industry or like the food service industry. Um, That's the only time where I've seen people like particularly younger people smoking cigarettes if you walk behind a restaurant. There was proposed legislation in New Zealand back in 2022 under Jacinda Ardern, um, the previous prime minister, where they were going to have a generational ban on smoking. So anyone born after 2008 would be banned for life from ever purchasing a cigarette. However, now there's a new prime minister in New Zealand, a new government under... Uh, Christopher Luxon, and he scrapped that legislation. So that's not happening anymore. Yeah, I think you make an interesting point. Canada is not really a country of, of heavy smokers. I think that over the decades, the amount of people who decide to smoke, especially, you know, traditional products like cigarettes has declined quite a bit compared to other places like Europe. If you've ever traveled in Europe, you know that it's common to see things like smoking lounges in airports. But in Canada, a lot of people, especially younger generations, have switched to uh, alternative products like vapes, as well as, you know, pouches and and all of these different um, new things that are coming out. So it's strange that the government would crack down so heavily on what is essentially a diminishing activity. There's fewer people smoking today than ever before. A new documentary about BC Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry premiered in Victoria last week as part of the Victoria Film Festival. The film's title, Our Time to Be Kind. British Columbians will know that Henry's signature phrase from 2020 to 2022 was be kind, be calm, be safe. That's also what she titled her book. However, many don't buy into the facade of kindness, seeing as it was under Henry's pandemic public health orders that the unvaccinated were banned from working out at the gym, attending university, visiting a museum, and dining at restaurants with friends and family. In fact, in BC, today, healthcare workers without the COVID vaccine are still barred from returning to work, despite the understaffed and strained healthcare system. In addition, there are cases where individuals with disabilities who couldn't wear masks during mask mandates were denied entry to businesses in BC. A group of about 50 protesters were outside the cinema when the Dr. Bonnie Henry film premiered, They were taking issue with the idea that Bonnie Henry's legacy is one of kindness. Despite some legacy media journalists, such as Rob Shaw of Czech News, claiming that the protesters were obstructing the entrance to the cinema, True North was on the ground and has video footage showing that this was not the case, and moviegoers were easily able to enter the cinema unobstructed. Cosman, we were both on the ground at the premiere last week for the Dr. Bonnie Henry film, Our Time to Be Kind. What was one of your observations from that night? I guess the main thing was the clear distinction between the sentiment outside and the the sentiment of the moviegoers. Inside the theater, it was pretty much totally sympathetic. There was no critical uh, response to the film. Bonnie Henry got a standing ovation and... You know, everybody was lauding how great this film was and how 
wonderful of a person Bonnie Henry was and how brave she was. And it was, in a sense, a sort of hero worship for these people. And also the demographics of the people inside, it was obviously, you know, very much affluent uh, Victoria-type people, people in media, healthcare, uh, uh, journalists, uh, other industries, whereas outside you could sense that it was more ordinary people, people who were, you know, regular people, working class people. So there was a clear divide, and, and it, it really came through when you cross that boundary uh, of the cinema doors. Right. Well, Cosmo and I authored the piece on True North's website about this premiere and um, the film. And one of the really strange aspects of it was just the presence of the protest made people act like their lives were in danger. Like the people in the theater were seemed actually really scared, even though this was a nonviolent protest. And you know, the police officer who was um, at the stage addressing the crowd, he was addressing the audience. He was saying, you know, don't engage with the people outside. Remain seated until Bonnie Henry has exited the theater because, you know, Bonnie Henry was actually there and then she took her exit out the the back door. Um, And then follow me to see which exit you will take. And then, of course, you exit the theater and there are like only five people left outside. And I came across this article that came out on February 10th, so that's on Saturday, and it was titled, Protest at Bonnie Henry Film, Part of Alarming Trend, Victoria Police Chief Says. So this was uh, in the Victoria Times Colonist, and the police chief of Victoria is apparently saying it's very concerning that there were protesters because they were antisocial. And I'm thinking, since when is it concerning for there to be a nonviolent protests where people are just holding signs outside of a venue where they're taking issue with someone they feel has negatively affected their lives. Why is that concerning? Isn't that a sign of a healthy democracy? The festival director is also quoted in this article saying that most of the protesters were peaceful, but some of them were being loud, obnoxious, aggressive, and trying to intimidate people entering the theater. You know, okay, being loud and obnoxious is not a crime, and it's not cause for the police chief to say that they're concerned. As for the part about um, intimidating people entering the theater, so the protesters were lined up to, you know, at the entrance of where people were walking in and they were heckling the people who were walking into the theater. They were saying things like, I bet you believe the vaccine is safe and effective, don't you? And they were saying, um, do you need a mask before you go in there? So just heckling, mocking, you know, I, I don't know, is that intimidation? It seems more just like uh, banter. And the last thing about this article that I'll say is the festival director, the Victoria Film Festival director, also is quoted in this article saying, for me, it's funny. These people are all about freedom until you don't agree with their ideas. And it's like, what are you talking about? What? These people were just outside. They never stopped the movie from being screened. Um, they were just offering a counter perspective. Um, No ideas were stopped from being exchanged. So, uh, you know, this article was the misguided ideas people have about freedom of expression in this country. The energy industry is taking aim at an NDP member of Parliament's efforts to ban advertising supporting Canada's resource sector. 
The Canadian Association of Energy Contractors has spoken out against Bill C-372, also known as the Fossil Fuel Advertising Act. Introduced by Northern Ontario NDP MP Charlie Angus, the bill seeks to ban the advertising of Canadian oil products and even proposes jail time or hefty fines for offenders. Mark Schultz, president and CEO of the Energy Contractors Group, expressed the association's strong opposition to the proposed legislation. Schultz said that the bill would hinder Canada's ability for a more climate-friendly future. CAOEC is disappointed by the lack of knowledge surrounding the energy issues that Canadians and many countries face. This bill would impede our country's ability to foster a sustainable energy industry, strengthen decarbonization efforts, and advance Indigenous economic reconciliation, said Schultz. Our association will always stand up for the hardworking women and men who produce the world's cleanest oil and gas and will continue to advocate that people have access to responsibly produced Canadian fossil fuels. So there's been a lot of blowback against Charlie Angus's uh, proposed legislation, and I'd like to point out that this is a private member's bill, so that means it's not likely to become law. Private members' bills can be shut down, and I don't see a situation where the Liberal government would support this. But how has uh, Angus responded, Lindsay, so far, facing all of this criticism from many different sides? MP Charlie Angus was active on Twitter this morning, or should I call it X, where he was not backing down and not trying to correct anyone who's saying that, you know, he wants to ban anyone from ever speaking positively about the oil and gas industry. Uh, He just seems to be like owning that position, that all advertising that speaks positively about oil and gas in Canada should be straight up banned. Wow. And in a sense, I think it's a mask off moment about what the intentions of many of the NDP uh, really are, because they're they're not interested in a positive conversation. They're not interested in working out how we can create a sustainable energy future for Canada. They really just want to impose their uh, authoritarian and draconian views onto the rest of the country, regardless of what effects it would have on the economy, on society, and Canadians at large. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. 